1: Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This
1: is Martino Navratilova.
0: I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Winka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're
1: listening to The Tennis Podcast. <laughs> well welcome to the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the telegraph and brought to you just before the night session is due to take place on the Arthur Ashe arena with Mr. Novak Djokovic due to come out second on against Joe Walford-Songa and Caroline Wozniakis playing before that against Anastasia Sevastova. My name is David Law from BBC Radio 5 Live. I'm joined, of course, by Catherine Whitaker from Eurosport. And we come to you from in the BBC Radio 5 Live commentary booth. And we are between sessions right now looking out... Onto the Arthur Ashe Stadium Court, the biggest court in the world, 23,700 blue seats and an enormous roof up above which is pulled over because it's humid, it's cool, it's windy today and there's been a bit of rain in the air as well. I'll be coming back on at the end of this show to talk about the uh, the Djokovic-Songa match and the Wozniacki-Sevastova match. But Catherine Whitaker, I think, might have just been given a bit of a night off. So we're going to have our little chat first, and then we'll review the evening session. Catherine Whitaker, first and foremost, it's a rather calmer situation we find ourselves talking to each other now than when you were walking into a tree last night.
0: Which you said in a message to me after that recording was one of your career highlights.
1: Podcast career highlights, unquestionably. I'm telling you, I wish you'd been there, all of you. And there's thousands of you. I wish you'd been stood there right then. Anyway, Catherine, it got my own back for all those times when I've messed up. Um, Today's matches that have just gone, I mean, frankly... Pretty straightforward, really. I, I, I didn't get to see all of the, the Vinci against Kerber match, but the first set, Vinci's slice and dice game was doing to Kerber what it does to so many players and and did to players last year, including Serena Williams. She had a set point, but Kerber dug it out. And once she dug it out, Vinci's legs had gone. And this is just another example to me of the mental strength of Angelique Kerber.
0: Yeah, she's a champion now, isn't she? That, that those are the sorts of things that that define a champion. Getting out of those situations, I saw a tweet from her which reminded me. She said, "Oh, great to be back in the semi-finals here, where it all began in 2011." She reached the semi-finals here as a as a you know she was 92 in the world, something like that. Certainly outside. Around about the top 100, I think it was 92 in the world. Reached the semi-finals here, so uh, and and hasn't been back in the semi-finals since then.
1: Of course, that's right. I forgot that. I remember it was the year that um, mm. I'm trying to think of the year who actually won that. Was it Sam Stosur who won it that year? I think it was.
0: Uh, was Sam Stosur 2011? Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah.
1: And because uh, I remember the first time I ever heard of Angelique Kerber or really took notice was uh, I think. Um, I think she beat Kim Clijsters and then Clijsters was asked who would win out of uh, Kerber and Lizicki and Clijsters picked Kerber. And I remember thinking, crikey, that's surprising because Lezicki, you know, the big hitter and all this sort of thing. But Clijsters was really rich in her praise of Kerber. But you're right. This is where it all started. You're right.
0: And five years later, it's taken her five years to get back back here, in the semi-finals here and uh, it's completely, I mean uh, everybody I speak to, I'm doing a lot of preview stuff with uh, various members of the Eurosport team and they seem to think it's a foregone conclusion that she and uh, did I just say foregone conclusion? I've uh, yeah, uh, definitely quote, been there before. I'm quoting other people or I'm paraphrasing other people that is not a Catherine Whitaker statement they seem to think it's pretty much nailed on that Serena and Kerber are going to fight it out for the world number one sport for this Grand Slam title on Saturday, and that would be just great.
1: It would be uh, it would be pretty awesome. I mean, there's still some good tennis to come before then, of course, because tomorrow we'll, we'll preview it in a little while. We're going to have Simona Halep against uh, Serena Williams, but yeah, Kerber. I don't know. I mean, it, she'll be up against uh, either the winner of well, it'll be the winner of Wozniacki and Sevastova, won't it? And um, and. I, I would have thought Wozniacki would have been favourite there. To be honest,
0: absolutely. I mean, yes, they're both unseeded. Savastava actually, actually, the higher ranked of the two, but that's that's pretty academic. Um, yeah, having seen Savasova against Conta, I mean, it's not like she acquitted herself brilliantly. She 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 gutsed it out very very well, but she certainly showed signs of the stress. <laughs> And the nerves of the situation, she looked like... She, she looks
1: look, how yeah. we would look if we were in that position. She
0: looked entirely human, yeah. I mean, she looked like she was going to burst into tears on numerous occasions and it was only that Conta looked more like she, she was going to burst into tears. It was... Yeah, well, we've covered in, in the podcast a couple of days ago what a weird match that was. So that didn't fill me with confidence necessarily uh, that that she can pull off another another big win tonight despite the fact that, you know, she's she's... She's surprised us all so far in the tournament. But yeah, I, I mean, Wozniacki loves New York so much, doesn't she? It's, this is the perfect place for her to come at this stage of her comeback. She looks completely at home.
1: That That is, to me, the biggest surprise of the US Open this year. There, and There have been a few great stories, but... I have seen a lot of Wozniacki over the last 12 months. I mean, even before this year, she wasn't playing anything like what she was when she reached the final here two years ago. She came into this tournament with no form, with no real even fitness. And this is somebody who relies on fitness for her game. She was 4 love and love 30 down against Svetlana Kuznetsova. And it was embarrassing what Kuznetsova was doing to her, just, just knocking her off the court. She dug in. And in that one match, she found some form. I mean, what what a transformation. She now has that glow about her. If you look in her face, she thinks she's going all the way here. It is not impossible at all.
0: Yeah, and her trajectory is entirely upward. So I looked at each of her match time lengths the longest match she played was that first round match against Taylor Townsend the first ever match on the grandstand court I think that one was two hours and a quarter something like that she was lucky to scrape out of that one had Townsend had a bit more big match experience under her belt she probably should have been the winner but since then she's sort of taken that slice of of luck or whatever it was that got her through that and she's completely run with it and improved with every match and well that's Exactly what you want to be doing in a Grand Slam tournament, isn't it?
1: No, it really is. Um, after the Vinci against Kerber match, we had Luca Puy up against um, Gael Monfils, and another straight set to win for Monfils. 15 sets in a row now. And He's just quietly. I mean, you, to be fair, you you've been marking our card about this for a while about this new coaching relationship. because you've you've been to clay court events that he's done well at. You've had a chance to speak to him. I haven't seen that much of him, but it's it's bearing out because we did that match today on Five Live Sports Extra, commentated on that, and there was never really a moment during that match I realised that Luca Pui. Probably hit a brick wall today after three consecutive five-set matches. But even so, there were no dips and troughs. There was no drama. There was no Monfils-like element to the match.
0: That's it. Well, when you hit a brick wall, like Puy understandably, probably did today, you need some. You need your opponent to give you something, don't you? you? Need to them to give you something to feed off to to find the energy, to find the spark because you can't quite create it yourself because you're flat. And Monfils did not give him. Anything, you know, even when there was the the pause uh, at the end of the second set and you thought, wow, maybe, you know, this could be a game changer, this could be the sort of thing that would cause Monfils of old to lose concentration or shift in momentum, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing nothing. He came out and, and served a fantastic service game and and uh it, it, Everything. I mean, he's still, and yet he's still, he's doing that and still doing the Monfils stuff of old. The, you know, incredible gets, the incredible athleticism. I mean, if, yeah, he's, he's really a force to be reckoned with. Really, we should start talking about him as a contender.
1: And he will face the winner of Djokovic against Songa so tomorrow we 've got a, an absolutely full slate of matches again uh, in the afternoon it 's quite quite interesting that Murray against nishikuru is the the afternoon match. I wonder how wonder how that was decided by the Amer- american television networks i mean it 's very good for us as a British audience, for instance, we are live at seven o 'clock u k time with our entire national show on bbc radio five live five live sport presented from here at seven o 'clock. On uh, on Wednesday evening, because Andy Murray against Kei Nishikori is the daytime match. So I don't know whether it's elements like that that have made that decision. But it's, I mean, it's fantastic news from a profile pers- perspective in in Britain and and in Europe in that regard. But that is that has the potential to be a really good match, actually, because Nishikori he he keeps getting to this sort of stage of of every tournament. He keeps running in to Djokovic or to Murray, and ending up coming off second best. But his actual ability, his level, is is not far away in terms of his ball striking But He's beating everybody else as long as he's fit.
0: Well, he went six love up in a tie break yesterday against Ivo Karlovic. So uh, he, Andy Murray's 141 mile per hour serve probably isn't going to scare him that much. Um, yeah, it's funny. I saw... Um, nishikori's practice earlier i saw the tail end of it uh, with michael chang and sort of pretty pretty ordinary practice and then at the end of it uh, nishikori sat down on the chair chang came over to him and he was giving him you know it it looked like a a dressing room speech from a sports movie he was sat down on the court in front of him he was doing some he was doing lots of arm movement. I think he was actually mapping out the court on his arm and showing him, you know, court positioning and stuff like that. And I wish I could have listened in to what they were saying. I was trying to get the cameraman to put, subtly put the microphone as close as possible. And then he started showing him a video on his phone and I was getting the cameraman to zoom in and he said, oh, it's just cartoons. It was. He was joking, it wasn't cartoons. But I wanted to know whether he was showing him a video of Murray or of himself or, I mean, I just... I realise this is a very irritating anecdote because of the incomplete information, but there was definitely intense, intense chat going on. And then, behind me, Ivan Lendl rocks up with Jamie Delgado and Andy Murray. And Lendl goes, "Uh, "We were, but Tom practice Court One, weren't we? Which is where, which is where Nishikori was." Lendl just marches on over to Michael Chang, goes, (laughs) "Oh," in the politest way, or as politely as Lendl is capable of, says. If you don't mind finishing up your intense chat about tactics for tomorrow evening, I've got to have a, I've got to have a practice session with the, my guy that's going to beat your guy now.
1: Brilliant. Did Chang say, tell you what, why don't we have a hit ourselves and I'll do an underarm serve. <laughs> um, so before all of that takes on, hey, we need to have a word about Anna Konyu who we didn't get to speak about last night in our race to the bus when you were running into trees, because Anna Conu was spectacular. She knocked out Agnieszka Radvanska with some of the most devastating power hitting I think we've seen in a long time from a new player on the circuit. And I think she took a few people by, by, by surprise. She's a U. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just
0: $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life, and of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. This Open junior champion, but she's been struggling with injuries now for a couple of years. It's kind of like getting that body used to going from juniors to seniors, and I, I just held on to, as well as the spectacular shot-making that we could all see, I held on to something that ESPN's Pam Shriver said last night, which, which is that she hasn't seen anybody come onto the court aged 17 or 18 and hit the ball like that since Venus or Serena.
0: I saw that you tweeted that quote from Pam Shriver. It was very interesting. I'm, I'm not obviously not going to be disagreeing with Pam Shriver, but that tweet... Um, that you put out quoting Pam Shriver came out at almost exactly the same time as Dinara Safina tweeted that she'd been out watching some of the girls' junior matches here and she was struck... She thought the level was significantly lower than when she was a junior.
1: They always say that, don't
0: they? <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. And I know Conny isn't a junior anymore, but she's only 18. She could be still be playing in the juniors if she wanted to be. And I thought, hang on a second, if this <laughs> this is what you know, the juniors or the recent juniors are looking like, then uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about, Danaro. The, the,
1: the big question is whether we're going to get another Luca Pui situation here where he just couldn't do it again, and can she back it up? That's the big question, Mark.
0: Well, Pui had had several back-to-back five-set matches. I mean, Konyo did not expend too much energy, four and four against Radvanska, so physically she should be fine. It's whether she's able to muster... It's seeing people come out flat, isn't it? Flat seems to be a bit of a buzzword this tournament Having to to follow up big victories, but I think she's young enough and excitable enough. It's all new and big, and and yeah. I mean, I suppose Pliskova doesn't give you much, does she? She doesn't give you much in terms of well. That's the problem,
1: also. I mean, on one on one element, it, it could it could be beneficial if plishkova comes out and, and and is missing a lot but she can also take the racket out of your own hands and 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 we 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 yet to see how konyu will handle it when she's not playing somebody who's a a retriever more um so it'll be big hitting it may be very erratic we may see a lot of errors in that match uh, i think the the, the winner and error counts will be high unforced errors um so that's the afternoon The evening session sees uh, Serena Williams against Simona Halep. Simona Halep certainly played some of the best tennis I've seen in the summer, but then she's also thrown in a couple of terrible performances out of the blue. Uh, She's had good matches against Serena in the past, but if Serena plays well, it doesn't really matter, it seems, most of the time. I'm fascinated to see whether Darren Cahill and herself can come out with a strategy that can discomfort Serena.
0: Yeah, I think it is going to be a great match. I think Halep will show up. I think she'll challenge Serena, and I think Serena will win. And it'll be just the test she needs to on this route to twenty-three, or at least to the final against Kerber, which people that know more about tennis than me seem to be predicting. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't expect the the horror show Halep to show up. I don't expect it to be a dud. I expect it to be a very good match and for Halep to to give it her absolute all. I just expect Serena to be better because she is better. Yeah,
1: I, I'd, I'd go along with that. And then the final match of the day, one Martín Del Potro against Stan Wawrinka, which I think could be a party of an atmosphere. <laughs> I think it could be amazing. I think there's going to be loads of Argentinian fans in. I think uh, they're going to really go into the trenches. I think it's going to be pulsating stuff. It'll probably be an absolute dud now that I've <laughs> said all that because I've, I've got a couple wrong this week. But, you know, if if they play to their potential, it could be spectacular. I just want to see one full-on Vavrinka backhand to Del Potro forehand rally of about six shots to see what happens to the ball. Imagine it would just explode.
0: I think, I think you'll probably see that, David. Yeah, I th- think absolute bang on right decision to put that is the night session match. Without question, that is a night session match. And the fact that it works out brilliantly for British audiences for Andy Murray is also great. I mean, it's a no brainer. That is a night session Arthur Ashe tennis match. And who's winning it? I think Doug Potri's winning it. Me too.
1: I don't like all this agreeing. <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to sort that out. Anyway, that's about it, I think, for today's tennis podcast with Catherine. But I'm going to be back in a little while to talk about Novak Djokovic and Caroline Wozniacki and Anastasia Sevast- Sevastova and, uh, of course, Djokovic's opponent, Joe Wilfred because that's going to be the night session here. I'll be back with you in a little while. Well, that was all a bit of an anticlimax, wasn't it? Novak Djokovic going through, uh, straight sets, needing only two though, ultimately against Joe Wilfred songa who retired after losing the first two, two, 6-2, 6-3. I mean, he was never really in the match, was he? There were one or two flashes, I think he got a, a break back at one point, but he just seemed to be stuck between attack and patience and didn't really do either. And... A lot of that, I think, is also because of, of how well Djokovic is starting to play again. I mean, I think people sometimes forget that when he plays his best tennis, it impacts the opponents, so they can't actually do what they want to do. I think a lot of people say, oh, why isn't Songa doing this? Or why isn't Songa doing that? And sometimes actually it's because Djokovic isn't really letting him do that. But I also think mentally there's a, a major barrier now for a lot of these players trying to beat certainly Djokovic and increasingly Murray that a few bad things happen on the courts that the, the 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 challenger doesn't like and and they lose all confidence obviously with Songa hurting his knee, that just compounds that issue, and uh, and he decided after two sets he couldn't carry on. I mean, we all hope that he's going to be better uh, very soon. I know he's had a, a number of issues over the course of the year, and and this is another one, but um, it's it's a real shame. I mean, that's three matches that Djokovic has not completed. One of them he finished after six games. One of them he didn't take to the court at all. One of them his opponent, and one of them Songa has retired after two sets so here's Djokovic into the semi-finals of the US Open having played two complete matches it's it's unheard of as far as I'm concerned I can't think of anything comparable in 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 my recollection certainly in the sport and where does that leave Djokovic I mean he is fresh we've just had him come into the press conference I've just been listening to him talking there and he said to be honest, as, as bad as he feels for Joe and the other opponents, and he was very generous and hopes they get well soon, he said for him this has been good because it's rested his body and he feels now, he said, I feel nearly 100%, which is bad news for everybody. I, I think the one thing about Monfils is that he has a game that can go toe-to-toe physically. Uh, if he's if he's not injured himself, I mean he looked fine today. But you, he's a guy who's been injured himself in the past as well. So whether he can impose himself on Djokovic is another matter. But the guy is in good form. He's won 15 sets out of 15. Nobody's put a mark on Movvich yet, and uh, and that'll be a, a bigger test certainly I think than than it, than he's had to this point, uh, Djokovic. Ultimately, though, I, I still can't really see anybody come in between Djokovic and Murray in the final. I think Del Potro is capable at his very best of, of upsetting all of that, But and, and obviously Stan Wawrinka at his very best is, but I don't think Wawrinka is at his best, and I think Del Potro is likely to, to just start running out of gas a little bit. One thing I have asked you in a, in a pole vault, which, I, you know, i tell you what, why don't we just run about 25 pole vaults, for, given that Catherine's not here? She's gone home for the night. I'm sitting here in a commentary box overlooking the Ashe Stadium with the roof on, you know, empty court. We could just do pole vaults after pole vaults, and Catherine could do nothing about it. Should we do that? I'll tell you what, let's just do one and see how we go. Uh, so here we go. I have asked, uh, based on the two and a bit matches Novak Djokovic has played, how close does he look to 100%? And I've, I've asked, you know, is he right at 100%? Is he 90%? Is he between 75 and 90? Or is he less than 75? And actually the, the highest uh, uh, vote so far has come in for between 75 and 89%. I think I'd probably go ninety plus, which is which is another popular choice between all of you. I think it's close. I think he's yeah he's around eighty or ninety percent of his absolute best. Obviously, it's a you know you can't really measure somebody's uh, uh, form and fitness in that way. But just in terms of, of of watching the matches he's played, that that's how it seems to me. And I suspect he will go up another couple of notches in both of the next two rounds. And if Murray brings what he brought against Dimitrov. Well, it's a few days away, isn't it? But it's one to really uh, look forward to if it does happen. Now, so tomorrow we will be starting with Anna Konyou against uh, Karolina Plishkova, followed by Kei Nishikuri against Andy Murray. Reminder, live commentary if you're in the UK on BBC Radio 5 Live from 7 o'clock on 5 Live. Then the evening session matches, Serena Williams against Simone Halep, followed by Juan Martin Dal Potro against Stan Wawrinka. Lots to look forward to tomorrow. Loads of good doubles matches as well, and uh, including Martina Hingis and Coco Vanderway in the doubles quarterfinals. Uh, that's on the grandstand court. the top seed in the men's doubles pierre hugues Hebert and Nicolas Mahou are in action as well in fact Coco Vandewa has got a busy day tomorrow she's playing twice in the doubles Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez uh, are in quarterfinal action as well up against Chris Guccione and Andre Saar remember it was Andre Saar wasn't it to uh, ruin things for the Murray brothers at the Olympics so that's, uh, that's an interesting one to follow um, but that pretty much wraps it up for day 9 at the US Open. It's probably been the most underwhelming day that we've had so far. Pretty disappointing afternoon matches fairly both straight sets and then and then two really underwhelming evening matches because Caroline Wozniacki her opponent Anastasia Sevastova really struggled Physically, um, in, in the match, she turned around. After about three games, she she was nearly double bagel. I actually think she did incredibly well to to carry on at all, uh, but she lost six love six two. So Wozniaki's story goes on. Hey, a couple of good little rumors coming out in the the Wozniacki press conference. By the way, um, first of all, she she sort of commented on apparently some comments that her father has made in the danish press about possibly retiring in the next two years uh, either in 2016 or 2017 she wasn't going to confirm or deny but she certainly wasn't going to confirm but she wasn't exactly denying it either she says basically i'll let you know in good time but you know, it did sound like that might be the case. Um, and she also dropped into conversation how the reason she isn't going on uh, holiday with people like Angelique Kerber and Agnieszka Radvanska anymore, uh, one of the reasons is because Radwanska is getting married, which was news to us all. But anyway, all the gossip in the press conferences. That's what's happened today. Listen, you lot. Thanks for listening. We will be back with another one, hopefully tomorrow if we can if we can find the time. Uh, we, we're enjoying bringing them to you. We hope you're enjoying listening. Uh, do follow us on Twitter at Tennis Podcast on Facebook as well. We're on there. Leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll speak to you soon.